0: This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Yo, hey, 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 how yo, hi, yes. Uh, I'm Mr. Adamax. It's the Pursuit Podcast. You're listening on the Out of Collective. It's a mouthful, you know. I was, I was explaining to someone what my I have a podcast. They're like, oh, how do you find it? I'm like, oh, it's the Pursuit. But you, it's under it's under the Auto Collective, and that's a, what is the Auto Collective? It's a thing. It exists. Uh, you know Michelle Parker, she's a host. That's rad. Adam Jabber, the founder, he's a host. That's rad. My name's in that pool. That's rad. Uh, so support us by just like giving us a thumbs up on something or like leaving a review, and you know those are things that. Go really far by really not doing that much, and it means a lot. Comment, comment something nice. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's August, which is weird because now it's like winter. Like, I'm thinking about it, yeah. I don't, it's I see, I saw a lot of ski posts today, like, it just happens automatically. People are just like, Yep, we're skiing, let's talk about it. let's do it. We're in, let's just, yes, 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 yes. Uh, it's interesting. Usually, I'm not ready. Um, physically, I'm definitely not ready. Mentally, I'm not sure. Um, not to be like, "Whoa, is me," but my summer's been kind of, kind of ass. Just injury. Uh, it's part of it. It's part of being a non-athlete. Uh, doing a lot of activities, maybe not taking care of myself properly. Uh, I've never been more in shape. This winter, yet so out of shape. If anyone can relate to that. I've been battling with some neck stuff. I'm doing some physical therapy. It's seeming to help. I'm not really sure. Uh, It's just different. Uh, It's just a different summer for me. So, it's been kind of neat. Take a step back. Take time. Take care of myself-ish. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Let's talk about my episode. This episode is probably... One of the most important episodes I've ever done in my entire life. Uh, it's someone who I feel like I know, yet I've never met. It's the first time we've ever had an actual conversation. My friend Alex Showerman. She's a badass, and like, I just don't. I don't know what else to say um, about about Alex. She's a proud queer trans human being and you know it's I felt so comfortable asking maybe uncomfortable questions so that's why I think this episode is so important because you know we 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 question so many things that we don't understand and this is a tiptoe subject although it shouldn't be It is and I'm admitting that and I will take the brunt of it because I don't want to offend somebody but I want to learn. I want to listen. I want to learn. I want to educate myself and what I've learned from this conversation is that Alex is just a human and all she's trying to do is navigate this fucked up world the best that she knows how to do and that's it that's the simplest that's all it is it doesn't matter is alex a good human that's what matters so let's start judging people on who they are as humans and stop caring i mean this kindly but stop like worrying about other things alex is just a ah, such a great conversation um so educational for me and we talk about that and i just want to thank alex again for being transparent. And open and like It's probably very annoying Having to like explain to someone Who you are and and why you're that way So I'm learning I'm sympathizing And if you have a problem with anybody Who is the way they are Fuck off That's it It's real simple Just, Just love humans and respect humans For who they are as humans Unless they're pieces of shit Then fuck them here's the episode friends
1: oh yeah okay so yeah hi everybody uh name's alex showerman uh i am a professional mountain biker a trail builder an advocate a dog mom proud queer trans woman and uh really just on a mission to make the outdoors a more like friendly and empathetic place for everybody
0: how did alex become alex Cause those are a lot of
1: things
0: (laughs) like that doesn't Uh, happen overnight. How does this, how does, how do you, I mean, that's such a shit question, right? Like, how do you, if someone asked me how I became, how I am, I'd be like, I have no idea. I just lived my life, but like, we don't have to go back to like, you know, but like what, you know, what led you to be a professional mountain biker? What does that look like? Obviously just a dream, but
1: yeah, I mean, I think a combination of ADHD and just being endlessly curious. (laughs) Um, It was really funny. So my parents put me in Montessori school back in like when I was like, like, I think that's like pre-K basically. And they did like an assessment and they were like, yeah, Alex, she doesn't do very well with um, repetition. (laughs) Uh, And I think that's a defining characteristic is I just like, like I, I get like I get bored with like routine and repetition, so I'm just like constantly like I'm curious about like learning and growing, and um, you know I think my career path to professional mountain bike was was a wild one. You know I actually started immediately out of college in um, politics. I actually worked on Capitol Hill and on some like progressive candidate campaigns and for like a million member grassroots advocacy organization. And then on the side was like really uh, active with snowboarding. Like grew up snowboarding, loved snowboarding. Um, started in the outdoor space back in 2015, working for Protect Our Winters. Um, and that was also kind of around the same time. It was like 2013. I got into mountain biking because I ran a marathon and my knees really hurt. And I was like, I don't want to blow my knees up running. So <laughs> I need something more fun to do in the you know in the summers. And uh, that also was like the same time that I started therapy for, uh, you know, for kind of coming to terms and accepting that I was trans. So I kind of feel like that 2013, 14, 15 window was like this big pivot that like started me in this this direction and, um, you know, spent the next like five years in the snow sports industry, but then really fell in love with mountain biking and digging and got involved with the Waterbury Area Trails Alliance and Vemba in Vermont and got really involved with like trail stewardship and designing kind of and ushering trail projects through. And then also it turns out I was pretty good at mountain biking. Um, I was working with Weston and, and Sean, who's a good friend and the marketing director goes like, Alex, you're like good at snowboarding, but like, you're like professional good at mountain biking and like i knew how good i was at snowboarding and i was like oh interesting (laughs) okay and then i just by like dumb luck was like did this like for fun photo shoot with a friend out in hanksville utah and posted some of those photos to instagram and my good friend katie holden who i didn't know at the time uh, reached out. She's the co-founder of Red Bull Formation and like badass advocate and like, uh, amazing talented athlete and has had a long career. Somebody I really admire. She just like DM me and was like, what's your email address? And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Why is Katie reaching <laughs> out to me? And she's like, do you want to do this event with Hannah Bergman and Red Bull? And I was like, I don't even care what it is. Just yes. Um, and it was like this one week progression camp. Um, that was focused on like kind of learning to do free ride and did that. And was apparently did a good job at it and got more invitations to do more good stuff. And next thing you know, I was off to the races. So, um, you know, I think I was just really becoming a professional mountain biker was really just like following my passion and just like getting curious about things. You know, I was like, I saw free riding in Utah and was like, I kind of want to go do this. So me and a friend went and did it. And then that just opened all these doors. So that
0: is, that is an insane answer. Cause that doesn't happen. Like I see free riding in Utah and I'm like, Nope, not happening. Like, absolutely not. So you have to like, be there mentally to watch that video Uh of you know someone just sending it and being like yeah i want to go do that
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i think (laughs) think it comes back to my getting bored easy right like um i think what what drew me to it and it was really cool because i actually wound up uh selling everything i own moving into an rv and living in my rv in virgin utah for a while which was just like the coolest experience and i think what like being there like what really was like so amazing is like it's just this like candy land of like imagination where like you can kind of go out into the desert and like there's all these amazing lines to choose like all of the iconic like lines from video parts and rampage and formation like they exist there so like you can go out and like ride that stuff you can go like create that stuff like it's just like this like it's such a it's really an artistic way of viewing mountain biking versus a competitive way which is what i really love like for me mountain biking is a creative expression like i'm not really super into you know i just did my first race um because i wanted to be a part of sturdy but like i'm not super into racing like for me it really is like artistic expression and kind of how i like to express myself and my own creativity I think that's why I like why I was like so it's, what about Utah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a testament to who you are as just a human. Like mm-hmm. the the fact of like, I'm going to sell everything. I'm going to move in an RV. I'm going to go. And now you're you're in Washington now, and now you're packing mm-hmm. everything up and moving back east.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um from simplest terms why
1: yeah there's there's a lot of reasons um you know i think one the political climate in this country has really really taken a pretty like pretty hard turn um for particularly trans people uh you know i i don't think even though it was only like 2021 that i you know jumped into the RV and did RV life. Um, Like, I don't think I would feel safe doing that now. Um, Just like the way the rhetoric and the way like trans people are being talked about, you know, like, God, it's like awful. Like right-wing media is calling us like pedophiles and groomers and sexualizing children. And like trans terrorism was a new thing that I saw like Fox News using. And that like correlation of like, the people who watch and listen to that and then the people who also own guns and think like they're gonna save America by using their guns is like a, you know, very close correlation. So that like threat of violence is really, really unnerving to me. And, you know, I love Washington. I found an incredible community here, but also being on the other side of the country of like family and kind of everything I've known in this like really political hostile time has like it's kind of like put my anxiety at just like a constant high and then like anything kind of beyond that is like just fries like it's just like overkill for me so i kind of was just like i had a really hard spring mentally and just was a little like kind of reflecting on like where i needed to be to feel safe like i kind of my progression kind of stalled as a rider i just wasn't feeling great on the bike and You know, Vermont, I want to give huge credit to, like, a lot of the people back there have kept in great touch, you know, Um, and there's been so much cool stuff, like, Vemba just put out a statement, you know, kind of uh, against the UCI ban on trans women and said, like, trans women are welcome here. I know a lot of the, like, leaders that have stepped up at the local Vemba chapters, like, um, that are just, like, rad and young and, like, dedicated to, like, diversifying the sport. You know, Vermont, the Republican governor of Vermont, which I think a lot of people might not know, Vermont actually is a Republican governor, actually just signed into a law protecting um, access to gender affirming care and also access to abortion rights, which is really cool. Um, So Vermont's just doing all these really cool things. And then, you know, personally, I I just was like, I want to be closer to family in the mountain bike space. I see them doing all these rad things that make me feel safe going out on trails um and then also uh another big shout out to Vemba like one of my big goals as an athlete was I wanted to create a film project and I wanted to create an event and uh you know as in all of my travels I've been kind of trying to make it happen make it happen trying to find the right home for an event trying to find the right home and story to tell and uh it was about a year ago I met with Vemba and they're like let's do something, let's make it happen. And kind of like kickstarted this cool thing. And through this event, which we can talk about in this film that I'm doing, I just started to reconnect with home in a really meaningful way and, and made myself realize how much I miss it. And also how good the riding is. Like I'm genuinely really excited. So I feel like going back to a place I feel safe, doing these cool projects, reconnecting with friends and family, I'm just like so thrilled to be heading back.
0: It's and you deal with this every day, but it's so crazy to me to think people care about other people just being human. If that makes sense, like I, Uh I can't imagine being afraid to go for a hike or to like sleep in my van in a parking lot alone. I don't, I can't pretend to like know what that feels like. Uh-huh. and i'm not going to pretend and i always you know whenever we come across these subjects which like you never want to say the wrong thing right like i'm the uh-huh. host i don't want to offend i don't want to, but i do want to like shut up and listen uh-huh. and i want to learn and like uh-huh. the more i have these conversations the more i learn is that it's just humans being human and like i wish people would care less And I mean that in like the most genuine way, like judge somebody off of who they, who they are, like how your interactions were, how, Mm. you know, like there are shitty people in this world. It doesn't Mm. matter what they do, how they identify. There's bad humans, but there's also great humans. And like, we live in this world that, you know, right wing media is insane. And some of the super, super, super left wing media is insane. And it's like, guys, we're humans, we're brothers, we're sisters, we're daughters, we're husbands, we're wives. We're just human.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And that's simplifying it, obviously. But like the more conversations I have, that's like my simplest uh-huh. answer.
1: Yeah. Does that make sense? It does, because I, th- I think like one of the things that is just like so wild with like seeing the way media talks about trans people and then seeing how like the comment section talks about trans people is there's this dehumanization of of us there's like this like complete like we forget that like there's a human behind that label right and it's like for me as a trans person like I want to ride my bike with friends I want to have a career I'm passionate about like I want to like give my dog a good life. Like, I just want to be happy and like help the other people around me be happy. Like, it's pretty simple, you know, and but you hear the media, and it's like, all these awful things we're trying to and it's like, no, like, we're at the end of the day, we're just human beings, like, just like you. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think that's like, I wish we would kind of just step back and see each other when we get in these, like, debates, you know, that, like, I think anytime you start debating something like LGBTQ rights or, you know, abortion access or racial justice or anything like that, I think, like, people forget that, like, there's human beings behind these things we're debating and, like, the human beings, like, it feels really terrible to have your existence debated. Um, And, like, uh, yeah, I think, so I think, yeah, making that more humanizing people more but i also say like i on the other hand i wish people would care a little more i don't know if you watched ted lasso um yep. but that like that speech that he gave when colin came out that was like kind of it was like funny because he, he like related gay to being like about the denver broncos fan in kansas city But like, I'm not gonna lie, like that speech like hit so hard for me. Like, I have felt like I know a lot of people (laughs) and have a lot of people in my life, but have struggled immensely with loneliness. And I think that there's a lot of people who are like, I don't really care that you're trans or I don't really care that you're queer. But like, at the end of the day, like, it's really hard to be <laughs> queer and trans and it's really hard to be queer and trans in a, you know, particularly in a space that, you know, growing up like in action sports, like that's gay was like the insult, you know, I still hear that like sometimes, you know, I, like, uh, so I think like sometimes like a little more like understanding and, and allyship. To like, so I don't have to be the one that bears that burden in every space I go in. Cause generally in every space I go in, I'm most likely the first trans person that a lot of people have interacted with and that like education and allyship for myself gets real exhausting.
0: I I can't imagine. And like, you know, I think I said it to you in our DMS, like you have to get tired of just being like an advocate for just being yourself. Uh I couldn't, I can't imagine. I can't. And it is interesting to hear you say like, cause I'm always like, don't care. Like care less. Just they're humans. Great. But it's like care a little more. And I think, and maybe I'm wrong. I think people are just scared. They're scared to offend. They're scared of what they don't know. Uh And then shitty people just like go the opposite and they just like offend and that's their defense mechanism and that's it. But the other side is just like, listen and learn or just don't even like to me it's it's not don't acknowledge it but it's also just like okay cool I don't Mm -hmm. care what you are I just are you fun to ride bikes with like are you a great human Mm -hmm. awesome let's hang out yeah and it I don't know I don't obviously you have this conversation every day and that's Mm -hmm. probably really frustrating and you know my take Uh and you can tell me if I'm wrong and maybe this is what people are thinking at home Uh but like I don't think anyone wakes up one day and is like I'm going to be trans I want to get bullied on the internet I want to feel uncomfortable like in public I want to like be questioned everything I do like no one is doing like saying they're trans and coming out and like no one's doing that for fun quote unquote does that yeah. does that make sense? Like how I'm yeah. I'm trying to like obviously I'm trying not to offend, but like I think some people are like I'm just gonna go compete in female sports and and win. It's like first <laughs> you won't, you're not gonna win. No. I mean, you might, but no. you're not going you to. Like it doesn't there. just. It's not like a free yeah. pass. It's not a free are pass you? of just like winning at sport, but it's also, you know, my. I always call my high school friends, like the people Uh that you grew up with. Like we are not the same and Uh that's okay. And when Uh I see them and they have these questions, I'm like, no one is doing this for fun. They're doing it because that's who they are. Uh Like no one wants to post something. And I'm assuming you could just post a picture of you riding a bike and someone says something shitty in the comments. Like it's just like no one signs themselves up for that.
1: The moment that I step outside, this is like the irony, right? Is all of this hate is towards like, it's like protect women's sports, right? For me, like my home is in women's mountain biking. Like that is where I feel safe. It's where all my friends are. But then the moment I step outside into like, quote unquote, core mountain biking, that is when all the hate comes in um like the moment that i take that what that next step and start to like step out of like the safety of the women's space into the more traditional mountain bike space that's where the hate comes and like i think that's like where it's like just so frustrating but i want to jump back real quick and say a couple things because so that you hit like three really key points one i think one of the things that i hope that our inclusion kind of movement gravitates more towards is the understanding that like allyship is is an imperfect act right like unless you have the lived experience of being a trans woman you do not know what it is like to be a trans woman so like you can't make assumptions right so like ultimately being a good ally is about like listening and learning and using your voice to advocate for and like that also might mean that you make a mistake and that's okay I would rather see people going out and trying to be good allies and making missteps and then learning from those missteps than not trying at all. And that's why, like, I, that's why I don't partake in like, you know, um, like cancel culture. Like I've had some people say some like really terrible things to me, like public, like people who like, if I went public, it would not look great for them. But like, I don't do that because like, I ultimately think that like, if we, as like, People advocating for inclusion just like go after people who are trying, but then make missteps, then people are going to just back away. And I would rather see people try, make mistakes, and go after the like, not go after, but then like challenge the people who are doing nothing, right? Like, Like the brands who are doing nothing, the people who are not advocating, like those are the people that like we all need to collectively say like step up and do better, not go after people who take missteps when trying to be an advocate. Um, So that was kind of one thing. The other thing too that I think you brought up, is that idea of like transitioning for fun (laughs) to like win at women's sports like uh so first off like i knew at age five like i didn't have the language to say like hey mom dad i'm trans but like age five i knew like it was like i remember i'd fall asleep every single night like wishing i'd wake up a girl like like starting from age five you know like puberty was like a special kind of hell, because like, all my friends were going this one way, and I was like, going this other way. And I was like, what? what, what? <laughs> like, this is not no, like, <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> and I think like, I wish people would like think about that when they hear about like, gender affirming care and teens is like, right, like, if you start from the baseline of trans women are women, right, and trans men are men, like, imagine the special kind of hell it is to be a woman, but go through male puberty. Like, it is horrible. You know, like, it's not something I chose. Like, if I could go back in time and, like, start gender-affirming care at puberty, like, oh, it would have changed my life. And, um, yeah, so I think that, like, whole notion of, like, people are doing this to get a leg up is just, like, so silly, because it's, like, no, it's, like, this is inherent to who we are. And then also, yeah, that idea that just because you're born a guy means you're going to go dominate in women's sports. Like, no, I've had my ass kicked. Like, it has been the most, like, humbling journey of my (laughs) life in women's sports. I've broken bones. I've had surgeries. I've broken my, like, neck. Like, and I still get my butt beat. Like, and I'm, like, arguably, like, a good mountain biker, regardless of gender. I am good. You know, and like I get my ass kicked and I'm constantly humbled and constantly in awe and constantly inspired by my fellow women that I ride with. And I think it's just like such a sexist notion that just because you're born a guy means you're going to be like God's gift to athletics and better than every single woman out there. And quite frankly, I think it shows a lack of understanding of what it actually takes to be an elite level athlete like there's so much that goes into being an elite level athlete that like is far beyond <laughs> the gender you're assigned at birth.
0: Yeah. And obviously I say those things so you can explain uh-huh. them. Cause I do think that's what people, I, I say that because I, people have said it to me Oh yeah. and so I'm like, well, here's my voice, here's what I can do. And then I can shut up and listen. So thank uh-huh. you for like kind of laying that out and like, I can't imagine. It's always fun to have to tell your story and just defend who you are as a human. So like, thank you for Uh being transparent, being open. And like, I just learned, like the fact that you said at age five, you knew, and like, obviously you didn't have the vocab, like, Uh you know, you're five. Uh That Like, is, that is like a, a concept that I can't understand. Uh Like I couldn't imagine not being, I don't know what the term is, not being comfortable in your own skin, not feeling Mm -hmm. the way I, I can't relate to that. I have no idea. So, uh, it's just neat to hear Neat's the wrong term maybe too, but like, it's, it's just, it, it helps me understand Mm -hmm. because you just don't know. It wasn't Mm -hmm. a quote unquote normal thing when I grew up. Yeah. And I don't want to say normal. Nothing's normal. None of mm-hmm. us are normal. But I think, you know, it's, you're an early advocate, especially in our outdoor space to like, mm-hmm. so you have to be the inspiration, which I'm mm-hmm. sure sucks at times. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't imagine it being fun. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about UCI for a minute. Yeah. They moved to ban trans women from racing. hmm you had a phenomenal Instagram post about it. And I think you explained it very well. Yeah. It, you, do you feel like, so when they announced it, I guess my question is, do you feel like you have to be the advocate? Like, do you feel like you have to say something? Do you want to say something? Like social media is tough. You could have just been silent, which I know isn't you, but is there social pressure to say things when things like this happen?
1: Um, no, I wanted to say something, I think it was, a. Uh, it was kind of an inflection point from this drumbeat that I've been kind of quiet, you know, I think, like, if you look at the rationale behind why UCI did what they did, right, like, first off, if you look at the data, like in cycling, like, trans women are not dominating, right? Like um i think part of the reason this came about was uh austin Killips, um who's a trans woman she won like a couple races and they were like i think one of them was the uci race i think it was like belgian waffle ride i'm not super close to like the road spandex side of biking but like i, I kind of read up a little bit on it and you know it was like one of those races where she had a cyclocross background and it had a lot of like you know kind of off-road single track section i guess and like so because of that cycle crass background it lended well to her strength so she did well right well she won and then there was pushback because of the political climate we're in but like if you look at like her ranking as a uci athlete i think it's 443 <laughs> right like like this is not a woman who is out there like cleaning up <laughs> just left and right like yeah she put together a couple good races which like all athletes will do like we should like as trans women we should be able to do that you know i think on my side in like mountain biking um you know i think there has been a trans woman on a world cup podium once in downhill and it wasn't even first place um one time and like all the years of uci world cup I know that there was like another trans woman, I think 20 years ago who raced and found some well, good success at like the national level, but didn't even podium in the world cup. So yeah, there's been a trans woman on the podium once, you know, I think like, like if somebody starts showing me data of like, yeah, you know, like trans women are just like dom, like showing up podium, like, you know, like over and over and over, you know, their max were uh you know events like i don't know if f1 fans like mac verstappen and red bull just won like 12 straight races you know like it's kind of <laughs> like, like if that's happening like and there's it's this tough. data like okay like let's have a conversation about that like let's look at that data but that is not the case like trans women have been participating in sport for decades you know ioc i think opened it up decades ago um UCI's policy until recently had it open, you know, as long as you were on HRT. And so, like, to me, I just, like, look at this and I'm, like, I do not see where this problem exists. Like, I do not see the data showing and, like, I care deeply about, like, women's sports and, like, our success as women and, like, I just don't see that data. But then what I do see is the UCI responding to all this hate that's going on in America to the right-wing talking points. And like that is why this happened at this moment in time. And it's frustrating because I know that there's board meetings going on, there's resources being developed to this. When the reality is, is like we as women in sport face so much. Like I sat on a, a USA cycling like listening panel a couple years ago um that they hosted in response because there was pushback to hosting one of the world championships in arkansas and the number one thing that the women on this panel brought up was like sexual harassment at race events it wasn't trans women it was like not feeling safe showing up to race and like the amount of times i've had conversations with my friends who have you know shared about their experiences not feeling safe showing up for events and it's like why why is uci putting all these resources and time into coming up with this ban but then not putting time and resources into like meaningfully addressing harassment and you know like safety issues you know equal pay is a huge challenge you know and pink bike there in 2021 they did like a state of the state survey they and um broke down kind of the pay data with like female athletes versus male athletes and there's this really fascinating quote from one of the racers anonymously that was like you know on the men's side there's about 30 men who are racing that like can afford you know are like able to live and do this full time while on like the women's side there's maybe five so if you like want to talk about having a competitive field you know, If you have 30 guys that can have this be their full-time job, can the only focus they have is training and being the best, but then you only have five women, then you have a field that is not going to be as competitive on the women's side because the other 25 girls, if they were being paid full-time to train, you know, they're having to go work as like tilers or, you know, (laughs) construction or mountain bike instructors or have a date, you know, a nine to five and they can't dedicate themselves fully. So then that, you know, is another barrier. Um, you know, there's just like so many things from gear and equipment not being designed for women to, um not having equal media coverage. So it's harder for us to get sponsorship because we aren't getting the same eyeballs that men are because media doesn't talk about it as much. Like there's so many inequalities in women's sports that I think make for that gap between men and women. And to just like, for the UCI just to be like, see, look, look at what we're doing for women's sports. We're banning trans women is like scapegoating like the five trans women in elite cycling And then just like completely failing to address all of these major barriers that impact all women and actually account for the performance gap between men and women cyclists.
0: Yeah. It's such a big rule for such a small amount of people. One. And two, it's like, it's only a problem if you win. Yeah. Right? Like... No one cares if you get 700th place every time, but the second you podium, it's a problem. Uh It's, it's, it's just sad. Like, I don't know, obviously I don't know the answer. I just think Uh the answer is like, you know, it's not black and white. Not Uh everything is black and white and that's okay. But like, do you stand for human rights, women's rights, trans rights, Uh or don't you? Like yeah that's and again, I guess I like I like that you're like the data you know if the data shows something different, then like let's have a discussion, mm-hmm. but right now it doesn't seem to, and I just want to clarify this. I had a nice chat with Blake about it. Mm-hmm. the drug that you take, I forget what it's called, it doesn't matter yes. it's not a performance enhancing drug, it is like <laughs> it is like. <laughs> from what i know about it it is like the exact opposite of a performance enhancing drug
1: yeah it's a it lowers of your blood pressure and is a diuretic i believe is so it dehydrates you and i think like that's like another thing too is it's like all these comparisons are always like the data is like between men and women and it's like trans women aren't men like like like, my body is not that of a male body. Like, I run on estrogen, I'm taking testosterone suppressant. Like, I don't really want to get into my whole medical data here. But like, like, I can't like my body is not male. And like, at this point, and also the other thing too, that I think, you know, people are like, well, why don't you just like race in the men's category? And like, I think what people forget is like, like, as a woman, my whole life, I live as a woman, my friends are women, the athletes I train with are women, the athletes I look up to and inspired by are women, like, like, every day I live my life as a woman. So it's like really othering and humiliating (laughs) to like, like, I just like, if I had to race in the men's category, like, I just wouldn't show up to races, like, I just wouldn't do it. Um, Because like, my body isn't anymore, like my body isn't like, I'm not running on the right things. And then also, like, it would be so humiliating because I'd be showing up. Like, the whole reason I did Sturdy Dirty, which is this rad women's enduro based out here in Washington, the whole reason I did it was because I had all my friends ask me to do it. Like, I'm not a racer, it's never been my jam. But, like, I had so many of my friends be like, Alex, you got to race sturdy. Alex, you got to race sturdy. I had the race organizer say, Alex, you got to do it. So, like, I did that race to go race with my friends. And I think like that's that's something that's like, I think so forgotten about. This is people just like, aren't accounting for the fact that like trans women are women. Like we live our lives as women. We're running on female hormones. Like, like, I think that's forgotten. And then the other thing too that I think you you hit on that I want to touch on is one of the things I want to like ask people to do who are listening is like, like write down all of the positives that you get from participating in sport? Like, like think about that. Like, what are all of the positives that that participating in a sport brings to your life? You know, and it's gonna be far more than physical fitness. It's gonna be community. It's gonna be self-worth. It's gonna be health. It's gonna be, you know, a passion and a drive that gets you up in the morning to go do that. Like, there's so many positive benefits, right? So when we're debating this whole debate about trans inclusion in sport, what you have on one hand for the arguing for the ban essentially is somebody might finish one place worse in a race if a trans woman races right but then on the other hand you are denying access for an entire human <laughs> to all of those positives that you derive from sport and like to me like that's a <laughs> I don't know. To me, it's like, a even even if I wasn't trans, like, just like, like to me, it's like, maybe might finish one place worse or denying a human being access to community, to self-worth, to passion, to drive, to friendship, to health. It's pretty straightforward to me.
0: Yeah, no, I like, I like how you put that. It's just, it's where, at the end of the day, it's where you feel most comfortable. Uh-huh. And that can be applied for almost anything. Like, going to punk shows. I mean, that's like simplifying uh-huh. it, but like, people go to punk shows because they hang out with the like-minded individuals at punk shows.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That simple, it's community. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. In,
0: that's, on the simplest terms, obviously I'm like comparing, you know, what you go through being trans, uh-huh to going to a punk show but like it's it's all about community and friendship and just getting navigating this insane earth that we're on and trying to be as comfortable in every situation as possible yeah i think it's i mean obviously we're simplifying it but like it shouldn't be and i think i do think conversations help i mean they've helped me i just learning and it's not Uh I think I had a way better head start thanks to my yeah. upbringing. Like my parents are hippies and you just love people and like life is great. Yep. Like, so I don't have those hurdles to overcome in these small towns and small, they just don't know. They just, mm-hmm. and they're scared and it's insane. So like, again, I can't thank you yeah. enough for just having these conversations. Um, Cause I think that's what it is. It's community. Yeah. It's you, you being a human and like hanging out with humans that you feel comfortable with.
1: Yeah. Done. Well, I want to thank you for being curious and and wanting to have this talk at really such an important time and also thank everybody who's listening cuz like you're doing the work. Like, you know, I hope this conversation is fun to listen to and entertaining, but also like, you know, you're you're educating yourself and taking some time and so I appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to this cuz it's it's really important and and I hope it's it's helpful for for everybody who tunes in just as much as it is for you and thanks for creating this platform
0: yeah i'm i'm happy to have you on we're not done we're still going but i feel like we've.
1: i just wanted to thank (laughs) you it's important i
0: feel like we've you've got to be tired talking about just yourself being human so i want to move on from that because you have a ton of like crazy fucking things happening yeah Um, so i want to talk about them um where do you want to start do you want to talk i know you have a film project coming i know you have a event coming i don't know how much you can leak how much you can tell Um, yeah let's let's just start with the the event i'll call it the event so i don't give any spoilers and then you can all the spoilers that you want
1: Mm -hmm. to cool so yeah i'm super excited um this event Has been something uh that i've been dreaming up for the last couple years now uh so it's called foundation um it's gonna be at killington um august 26th and 7th and the whole idea behind it and it is an intentional play on formation because essentially what happened was when i got invited to dig i had all these women dming me like oh my god so cool how do i get involved And I think particularly like being from the East Coast, like I always felt like the action sports industry was like something that happened out there, you know, it's kind of like why I went West. And a lot of the women that messaged me were on the East Coast. And I was kind of like, well, how how can I help create an opportunity for more women to step into free ride? So the idea of foundation came from like formation inspired a movement and like foundation is moving is building it on the the grassroots level. So it's a two day progression session um, hosted on Black Magic, which is like the big marquee jump line at Killington. Um, Killington's been such a huge support. Uh, they're actually gonna close down lower Black Magic for us, which has like five progressively bigger jumps for us to like session privately and progress as a group um so that'll be we'll do two days on that and then it's going to end in a showcase um that'll be open to public and red bull sponsoring so it's going to be super fun um also shram is another sponsor of it um my friend uh, hannah bergman's coming out so she's going to be sharing all of her knowledge with all the girls who show up um, Brooklyn Bell is going to be coming and riding, which is really fun. Um, got a few of the, you know, a lot of, a few of the local women who really inspire me, um, coming out. And then what's really cool is most of the events in the women's free ride space are invitationals and because black magic are like big table jumps versus gaps I actually opened it up for, um, we're going to be opening registration here shortly. Um, so we're gonna have like 20 slots that are just open to public. So the idea is to help more women find their way into the free ride space that maybe might not necessarily be on our radar as like athletes and event organizers and, and help more women grow into free ride and then create that community, um, in new England. Cause there's such a rad women's community and just wanted to help it thrive at bike parks. And so
0: the pursuit podcast is made possible by our friends over at Rumpel. You know, a lot of blanket options on the market, but only one is dedicated to sustainability. They're weatherproof, durable, cozy blankets made with the same technical material used in premium outdoor gear and activewear. They recycle over 5 million plastic water bottles a year and offset their carbon footprint. It's like companies that care. What a concept. Um, I've already mentioned weather resistant, durable. Most important thing about all these rumple blankets they're cozy. They make products that are made for the couch, to your car, to mats that go on the floor when you're getting dressed to go mountain biking. This stuff slaps. It's so good. I've got a code for you. Slide into my DMs. I'll send you the code. Top secret codes. Head on over rumple.com. Check them out. They make stuff that slaps. It's really simple. Like I cannot stress how good this gear is. They're just introducing the world to a better blanket. So head on over, rumple.com and check them out. Another show partner that we've had all summer that I'm just absolutely loving, Rocky Talkies. Head on over to RockyTalkie.com forward slash out of 10. Get yourself a Rocky Talkie. Why Rocky Talkie? Small, lightweight, less than 8 ounces, easy to use, no setup required, We're heading kind of into the winter months here. Cold-resistant battery lasts around three to five days. Let me say that again. The battery lasts between three to five days, even at negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit. The range is one to five miles. It's designed for communication, on big walls, backcountry skiing, photography, gigs, road trips, mountain biking. The whole key is better communication. If we can have better communication in our lives, we live better lives. And why wouldn't that apply to the outdoors? Waterproof handy mic if you need it. I mean, it's phenomenal. i have using it on photo shoots. I've used it on road trips. I'm not much of a climber, but I can see how, how important it would be for climbing, head on over rocky rockytalkie.com forward slash out of 10. If you can't remember it, slide into my DMs. I'll answer the questions. I'll get you everything you need. Back to the episode. Yeah, it's so neat to have, like, I, I always think of them as like a pro am. I know it's not a yeah. competition, but like,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> having that opportunity to like, show up and kind of, it's like an old school, like eighties film, right. Or nineties film or like early 2000, whatever. Like those, like you show up and like, who knows, you could find the next Hannah. Yeah. Right. Like there's just some person who doesn't have the opportunity because of where they live yeah. to like, and again, I know it's not necessarily competition, but it's it's just how the world works. Like they meet people, they network. They have the skill set. It's there. And it's just, it, it. again, it goes back to you creating a community mm-hmm. where like people feel safe and comfortable. Yeah. What, I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this, I guess. Is this the first event you've ever hosted and thrown? Like.
1: Yeah, um, more or less. So back in like 20. Fifteen, i helped create the first split board fest in New- on the east coast um the vermont split fest um at bolton valley so that was like kind of the first one <laughs> that i i did and then catamount trail association ran with that the first year um but this is definitely the biggest event that i've ever <laughs> taken on um you know uh but i i couldn't do it without killington like uh, took the idea to them, um, probably about a year ago and just was like, Hey, I have this idea. And I really want to give kudos to the Killington team. Cause they were like, yeah, you know, like we really want to be like innovative and creative and like who we're reaching out to and how we're, you know, how we're bringing people to the mountain. Um, so they were like fired up on it, on it from the get go and it's really made it Oh, like a lot. It's been made like, it's like still anxiety producing. Cause it's like kind of like hosting a party and you're <laughs> like, is anybody going to come? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so Killington, you know, they were like all in from the get go. They're giving us that space at black magic. They have a, an amazing, you know, ski patrol or bike patrol and medical program on site. Like they're giving us venue space. Like, you know, they're really providing all the event infrastructure. That's just like, you know, and, and helping with marketing and like all that. So, um, so stoked for them, and that makes kind of the anxiety of doing this big thing. And then, um, yeah, Red Bull and Shram jumped on, and like so excited to be working with them. Um, you know, Red Bull is really going to help to like create a cool venue space at Black Magic, and like um, really kind of dial up that like rider experience and just make it like a really cool, special feeling space, and do the all the magic that Red Bull does. And then SRAM is um, one of the things I'm really excited with SRAM coming out is they're gonna be doing um, like a suspension clinic for hitting big jumps. Um, Cause one of the things I didn't know when I first started doing free ride was like the way you set your bike up for riding tech is very different from the way you set your bike up for riding jumps. So like I used to be terrified of hitting jumps because like my suspension was so soft it would do weird things off the lip. And then when I finally learned how to set my suspension up right for big jumps, all of a sudden I was like, oh, this feels really good. So they're gonna be supporting kind of getting everybody's suspension dialed. So build more confidence. They're hosting a dinner. We'll do like a mindset talk at the dinner. Um, It's gonna be really fun. Um, And then also uh, Katie, my friend Katie Holden um, is actually gonna be coming out and doing a clinic on storytelling and like how to build your brand as an athlete, which is gonna be really cool. So. Um, I think lots of opportunities for the participants to come learn from, like, some really rad humans and and uh, also hopefully put on a fun show on Sunday.
0: Two-part question, I guess. Can you go to the clinics if you're not riding? Or is it very... You're trying to keep it very core, very yeah. So small. that
1: one's gonna be like the kind of the format. If you want to come and like, this is kind of the first year, so I wanted to keep it small. And then we've already kind of been like, if it goes well, we're excited about next year and kind of yes. evolving it. Um, so th- I was kind of trying to keep it with like, keep it simple, stupid. You know, don't don't go too big. So yeah, it'll be kind of the core group um, that'll be kind of just moving through as a group. You know, and my hope was that if we can kind of create like this core group of like, it'll be probably about 30 women um, that it can really forge those close bonds and kind of start to like jumpstart that like kind of free ride community and forge those connections and help people progress. Because like I felt that participating in Hangtime, which is Hannah's event in Bellingham on Blue Seal, like the friendships I forged at that two years ago, are like still close friends and mentors and collaborators, you know, even formation like as a digger like the like close friendships that like honestly this event and like the film project grew out of formation, you know, so I wanted to kind of create that on a micro level where like we can get that group together, they can go through this weekend of progression learn together. And then kind of go, you know, whether like Killington's their home mountain or Highland or Thunder or Bolton or if they're from North Carolina or wherever, they can go back to kind of their spaces with their own little, you know, with everything that they've learned and start like building that community there. Um, So we'll be small, but if like somebody really wants to come and like be involved, we're also going to have like a public showcase on that Sunday, the 27th, August 27th from 3 to 5. So like Red Bulls bringing their truck, we're going to have a DJ, all the participants are going to be throwing down on the kil- on the Black Magic jumps and hopefully people will be there to like cheer on and then uh Lawson's is going to be hosting an after party at the Umbrella Bar. Um so uh should be a pretty fun time.
0: I do want to say there's not one jump on Black Magic that I can't case. <laughs> Just so-
1: Well that's the start.
0: So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's the start you know, know.
1: literally my first time the way I like got into hitting bigger features was that I just was like, I'm gonna do black magic. And my first time through I went through and cased every single jump and then was like, Oh, that one jump felt okay to me. I think I'll focus on that one. And then the next lap was like, <laughs> cool, cleared that one. And like, taste every single other. And then there's like, spent like a week, like working my way through. And then finally, like, was able to clear everything. Um, so, you know, you're well on your way. If you're casing them, you're doing great. <laughs> uh,
0: as soon as I get air, hmm. my body just goes like crash test dummy. You know, people yeah. just like, I just go stiff. And like Whatever yeah. way my bike is going, I'm in. like. So the longer time I have in the air, like if I'm going nose heavy, I just like arms are locked, like horrible, like positioning. And I just slowly roll for like, it's bad. It's bad news bears, but that's fine. You know, I'm just out there uh, having a good time.
1: (laughs) You know, so that, that was what I used to do. And it was actually, um, a friend of mine many years ago, they were like, just make a shape. Like they're like, it doesn't matter what the shape is, just like do something with your body And like, I kid you not, like I used to like get in the air and just like dead sail, like I'd lock up and that made the big jump between the suspension thing and the like locking up, it made jumps so terrifying. And then when I started making a shape, like I, it kept me loose in the air and then it made like putting landing gear down a lot easier. So yeah, just like make a shape and like in your head, you'll feel like you're doing like the sickest whip ever. And it might not look like that, but it feels cool.
0: Yeah, that's all that matters. I'm just here yeah. to feel cool. I don't need to look cool. <laughs> yeah, I do think people forget that. Like we're just yeah. riding bikes, people. Like it's, it's for it's for you. And if it's not for you, then you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Except for maybe like seven elite athletes. Like, but for <laughs> 99.999% of people on bikes, yeah, it's just supposed to be fun.
1: Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I always my I like mantra is we're literally just riding around in circles in the woods with friends, like
0: yeah, that's it.
1: Why, like, like, just, like even as a professional, like I I take my performance in my job seriously, but at the end of the day, like biking, it's like kind of silly. Just like skiing, like skiing and it's, snowboarding, kind of silly, right? You're like strapping something to your feet and sliding down a mountain, like it, it, it's just for fun. <laughs> yeah oh
0: for again for 99.99 like and my favorite thing about mountain biking in general is just the road biking gravel how insane we get on like parts like again i have i'm fortunate and this isn't a brag but like i have a 2200 set of carbon wheels uh-huh. and i can barely i i cannot clear a, a five foot jump uh-huh. like what type of like insanity is that as humans, but it's great. Like, I, I my bike looks cool when it's mm-hmm. sitting there, and people <laughs> assume I'm good because my bike's built. Yeah. But then they want, they like, you know, you get like that when you're at the top of like Black Magic. Yeah. And there's like, you go. And it's like, no, 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 you go.
1: Yeah. And they're
0: like, no, you should go looking at me. And I'm like, trust me. Like, I'm going to need brake pads at the end of this run. Like, I'm going to cook these things. Yeah. But, it, it's just we missed the simplest form of it's just, we're just riding bikes with yeah. our friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's all for fun. Uh,
0: one more time, the name of the event and the dates and how can we I know they're not open yet, but when will signups be?
1: Yeah. So um it is foundation. It is gonna be August 20. 20- sixth and 27th with the public showcase being the 27th from three to five at the bottom of black magic uh we will be killington and i will be announcing the event um coming up soon probably august i think or august 3rd is what we're targeting um and that'll be when we announce like we'll have the registration page and everything um and yeah, and if anybody's listening, um, you know, it's open to women, femme, uh, non-binary folks who are comfortable in femme presenting spaces. Um, and uh if you're like already, you know, kind of the target rider is like if you're riding like you know, blue magic and you're like comfortable hitting that and like ready to step up, like the goal is to come like learn and progress together. Or if you're somebody who's already like hitting black magic and hitting big jumps and you want to like learn tricks and build confidence and, you know, get mentorship from all the rad women that are coming out, um, kind of, that's like the target rider. So yeah, all that'll be announced August 3rd.
0: I think this will come out August 2nd. So anyone who's listening tomorrow. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: I, I'm pretty sure those would be the timing. So, yeah. I just looked at the calendar, that's a Wednesday, so that would be perfect. Yep. Um, shifting gears here. You're doing a film project. You have like a thousand things going on. One. Yeah. Uh, it's insane. Uh yep. I want to try to get all of them. Uh, you have a film project. It's called Coming Home. Yeah. I, I can speculate on what it's about. Yeah. Um but tell me about it how are you filming it? Are you filming it? Are you directing it? Is this a vlog style? Is this a production film? Like, what are we going to see here?
1: Yeah. So it's a full on production. Um, the story kind of grew um, actually out of formation last year. It was pretty fun. Cause uh, you know, got to connect. Uh, so basically Hannah and Brooklyn are coming back to Vermont with me. Um, and it kind of grew from both them kind of separately mentioned like, yeah, here they're riding in Vermont. It's really cool. I want to check it out. Um, and I was like, great, like let's make it happen. And uh, you know, kind of uh, brought it to Vemba, and they're like, awesome. Like I, I didn't even say their names. I just said, hey, I want to like bring some friends back to Vermont. And kind of like I've been gone for t- two years, and you know, more or less three. I, I came back for a little bit one summer, but like haven't really spent a lot of time in Vermont. And so. I was like, I kinda wanna like come home, bring some friends with like this fresh perspective. And they were like, oh my God, yeah. So um, talk to uh, Katie Lowe, who was one of the uh, producers of Nexus. Um, and Katie Lowe and I are co-producing, co-directing it. Um, we've got a really awesome production team. Actually the team that was kind of behind the Alaska segment in Nexus with Michelle in Brooklyn um yeah austin hopkins and uh charlotte Purcell, and um uh yeah i'm really excited uh been we've got like a ton of support smart on board pivots on board lawson's is on board um skeeta we're doing a like co- a custom collab print design that's going to be coming out with the film um and uh vermont tourism is funding it so it's like proper big budget full like we're gonna start in my hometown kind of explore like my backstory and kind of how um like how vermont and how waterberries shaped me as a person then we're gonna go to bolton and kind of have this like pretty fun segment there and then road trip from bolton to killington and the closing segment is gonna be uh this big party at the event um so really what i wanted to tell with this story was like I feel like a lot of times when you have like, you know, marginalized identities in a film, it starts to focus on the trauma of being like said marginalized identity. And like, for me, I wanted to like showcase the like, place and people that have most influenced me and show not tell who I am as a person and like, create that human connection um and uh, honestly I've, I've been like toying we haven't fully t- sussed it out but i've been toying with like kind of even opening with like yeah i'm trans but honestly it's like the least interesting thing about me which is kind of how i feel
0: <laughs> it's true i mean the little bit i know you it is like it's obviously always probably the talking point but it's like yeah. this, you have so much cool shit going on that like that yeah. is just like Like, it's a bullet point on who you are. It's like, I don't give a shit about that. Like, tell me about the other cool shit that you're doing. Like,
1: yeah, it was funny. We were at the bar the other day to like highlight that. And this isn't to toot my own horn, but it was some funny story. And we were like, me and my friend and the bartender were chatting about like, what's the most crazy thing you've done? And I was like, well, there was a time that I flew cross country hit Blue Steel, which is like this big Fest series thing, broke my wrist, flew cross country with a broken wrist, got wrist surgery, recovered for like three days at home, got in my truck, drove back to Utah, hung out at Rampage, drove like a side by side, one handed at Rampage, then sold everything else I owned and bought an RV and moved into an RV full time and then lived in Utah and bounced around the country. And that was like a span of like three months so when yeah, i say like all fans is like the least interesting thing about me like yeah like i i, I think i've done some cool things
0: <laughs> you need to write a book what you need to do not to add more things to your list of shit to do but
1: you know maybe I that'll just... be my like cabin era when i'm like okay my body can't take this anymore i think i'll write my you know i'm gonna move to a cabin in the woods and ironically i live in a cabin right now but like i'm gonna move into like a really quiet secluded cabin with my dogs and just like write a book maybe i'll be like my 50s
0: (laughs) i like how you're you're already planning your cabin era which is just fantastic (laughs) um you you have a lot of things do we want to talk about the uh snowboard collab can we talk about it or do we just leave it at that
1: I think I can just tease there's something really cool coming out 24, 25 with Weston that I've been cooking up with a good friend and just leave it at that. That can be another podcast.
0: I like that. I like that. I I didn't ask you, when can we expect coming home to come out?
1: Yeah. So the plan is um, spring of 2024 uh we're gonna submit it to film fests. uh we feel it has a pretty good story and the production team behind it we're pretty excited about it so gonna submit it to all the film fests and then probably do uh do a bunch of showings in the spring and then a digital release probably like late spring early summer of 2024 is our target uh launch line so i'm really i'm really excited and just like so humbled and honored by the team and just like excited to show them all around my favorite favorite spots so like I think the riding in Vermont is some of the most underrated riding in the country now having traveled the whole country and like ridden all these places like it is so good and the building that's going on there is just so progressive so I'm just like so excited to like bring friends from the West who are like really talented incredible riders. And, like, have them come back and then also have a really talented production team and, like, really showcase just how amazing Vermont is. I'm I'm, I'm so excited about it.
0: I'm mostly excited for that one person in Vermont who slides into, uh, like, into your comment section who's like, oh. don't influence Vermont. Those yeah. are my favorite people <laughs> on the planet. Like, <laughs> like, you are the key holder for, like... You know, Digi Dave gets yelled at for like telling people that Alta is good. It's like people <laughs> know Alta is good. Like you can't I be mad at Digi. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're gonna, that's going to be like my favorite. Not that there's oh, ever yeah. a favorite hate. but Those are my favorite people that like don't create something nice here because then people will know it's nice. And it's like, yeah. My
1: favorite, oh, especially for Vermont, it's usually not. It's somebody from like New Jersey.
0: Yeah, don't Jersey, Vermont.
1: No, but it's usually, like, not even somebody who lives in Vermont. It's, like, somebody who comes to visit Vermont and is, like, oh, I love this place, but I want to keep it secret to myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it it is really funny how people are – you know, I worked with Ski the East a lot, and I did some film stuff, and I have New York plates. And people just assume I'm from New York City, and they're just so mad. I'm, like, it's Ski the East, guys. Like, (laughs) I am East. Like, I am on the East Coast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like – you're just all choosing we're we're it, all
1: just humans. We're all just trying to have fun. That's for me. I'm like, why? Like, uh, this is good. Let's not gatekeep it. Like, you know, I, obviously we want to make sure that people are like behaving with respect and respecting landowners. And we're not like loving a place to death, but like the end of the day, like let's, let's share these amazing spaces. Cause the more we all work together, the more we can share, the more resources we can get and the, the better they can be. So.
0: I think that's the biggest thing is there is. You know, the more people that go and bike in Vermont, the more resources Vermont gets. Yeah. The more money they put in tourism, like the better trails you have. And I will say Vermont has phenomenal trails. Yeah. But they, my favorite thing about Vermont that like my hometown is missing is they continue to evolve. Yeah. They just put a new trail in, in Gifford Woods yeah um, if you've ridden gifford woods so no. right at the bottom of killington um they just put a new trail in because it was like phenomenal old school cross country and now they yeah. just put like a big three mile flow trail in because mm-hmm. they get it like yeah what is this place missing like that was my place to go for like a nice 20 30 mile like xc ride like i'm gonna put yeah. miles on my bike and now they added this flow trail which i haven't ridden yet but i've got intel that's like dude it's great because it just it they added to an already excellent ride, and now the element they were missing was this downhill section. Yeah, and they have it like it's so they just have their finger on the pulse and continue to invest and like reinvest in in their land. Yeah, like, the Rochester trails holy shit! Like there's so much happening there, and there's so like it's phenomenal. I cannot. Have
1: you seen like, the I was going to say, have you seen the stuff about the driving range in Richmond? No. Like, honestly, that's like one of the ones I'm really excited about. And I think really epitomizes, like, I haven't been to it yet, but like everything I've seen about it and like talked with folks who are on the ground, like the innovation that's happening there, like they've been working with an adaptive athlete. So it's like this, like adaptive friendly network that they're designing from the ground up. But then also they built like this sick gap jump line that like there isn't one like that in the area, you know? And it's like, that was kind of the one of the things missing. And it's like right at the bottom of Bolton. So then you have this bike park that's getting like a ton of investment with Gravity Logic. And it's just like, all this amazing like innovation and building is happening in Vermont right now. And it's like, honestly, that's a huge, like I talked about the cultural reasons, but like as a rider, like... Being able to like live in like Waterbury, which is where I'm moving back to, and like have like you know Perry Hill like right down the road, which is just like you know my my comfort blanket. I love that trail network. But then like have Disney Bolton day Valley all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like Bolton Valley is going you know is is going off. You have like the driving range. Stowe is right down the road. You've got Richmond. You know all the stuff in Richmond. You got matter like there's all this fun riding. Killington's an hour away. You know, I got to ride Whistler last summer, and I was like, honestly, like, this feels like some of the bike East, East Coast bike parks, but, like, way more lines, because you, like, Gravity Logic built Killington, it built Thunder Mountain, it's doing work at Bolton, like, there's so much incredible riding, and, yeah, it's always evolving and growing, and I just, I have so much, I've missed it. I found myself waking up craving riding Vermont trails when I was out here. Like, I was like, I can kind of ride, like, back home, <laughs> so now here i am yeah it's
0: (laughs) yeah it's definitely exciting i'm just like we have our our you know mountain bike association and i love them but i hate them Mm -hmm. i try to tiptoe when i talk publicly about them but like (laughs) they do so much good it's so much work like anyone who works for mountain bike association like it's crazy but they like you know they get mad because they don't get volunteers for Mm -hmm. like trail build days, but the volunteers are like, well, we're not going to go build a trail that we don't want to ride. And that's where like the miss is versus problems with all of them. Right? Like they're Mm -hmm. all doing their best, but it just seems like Vermont has their finger on the pulse and they listen to the riders and they're adapting, evolving. And like, I'm sure some of the members are really old and don't love these, Mm -hmm. you know, gap jump lines but like if that's what the people want you build that and you also build other things but like it's just really neat to see an association that like works yeah (laughs) and like i I I should be doing more
1: the like huge shout out to the uh the vemba membership model that they created or just like the vemba model of like The statewide org, and then these like local like autonomous chapters that also you know like are part of EMBA, but also have their own like whole independent entities, and then the way like the membership model works, or like you can you buy your base member into one of the chapters, but then can add on all the like I feel like it's just given such like collective ownership of the trails like having traveled now all over the country and also like gotten to work with different advocacy orgs on um because i do this program called pivot digs where like i work with rome fest on like hosting women's dig days everywhere there's a rome fest to get more women into digging so like gotten to kind of like parachute in i got to work with evergreen out here and i think like you see with vemba there's like such community, like, not just like a handful of people, but like broad strokes community buy-in. Like, and I haven't even been back in a few years, but just like, that was how it was when I left. And from talking with folks, it feels like it's only even more so, or like, people have feel as though they have ownership of the trails. They're showing up, they're using their voice, and then that's being listened to. Um, And I think it's just like it's really it's really cool and innovating and and yeah it's a big reason I'm moving back I'm just so excited to like get back and and ride
0: yeah they've done they just done an excellent job like people are proud of it like it's their own mm-hmm. but not in an ego way not in a yeah. you can't sit with us or don't at a gatekeeper it's just like you know you I'll I'll say I'm guilty of it like sometimes it take you know you. Take a beeline mm-hmm. when I'm home because I don't give a shit about our local trails because it just mm-hmm. uh, bother me. Like, mm-hmm. versus like when I'm somewhere else, it's like you, re- you it's like a you respect it more because they've created something, and that's shitty of me. And <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I'm admitting it, but like it's yeah. the beeline is fun. It's like that's fun. That's a but like maybe you don't get off the trail on a you know, or like. I know a lot of people in my local area that just go and dig. They just make yeah. their own shit because uh-huh. the the team that's supposed to be advocating for the trails we want aren't doing that. So now you're getting yeah. these rogue trails, which is dangerous because now you're playing with like state parks and yep. town parks. And it's like, that's not good either. Yeah. So it's, I just, I, will- I can't.
1: I will say, I think one of the things, and, and I think if, if like you're unhappy with the trails in like your local area, like start showing up, like that was like, you asked at the start of like how I became a professional mountain biker, and this isn't to say I was unhappy with the local trails. It was more like I had started riding and I kind of was like, oh, I want to like meet people and like get involved. So I like just showed up for a dig day and then I was like, oh, this is cool. And then like five years later, I was like the lead trail steward and like having like an impact on like the direction of the trails and obviously listening to community and everything. But like, you know, like it just started by showing up and it takes time. But I think, yeah, if you're like unhappy, like grab some friends, go get involved, start showing up to dig days, start giving that input and like start building the community. I think like. A lot of times in mountain biking I hear people use they and I'm like what they don't realize is it's we like we all collect it's a cool sport because we collectively like the trails are ours. There is no they, it's we. So like if you don't like it, like you can show up and, and have that have that impact. And I think we need more younger riders to start doing that because you know, bike bike geometry's changed, the style of riding's changed, like. You know, I think if we want to start to see the trails reflected in like the trails we want to ride, we have to start showing up. You know, we are governed in all things by the people who show up. Um, So just like in politics, we can't just we can't be like young people sitting here going, I don't like what government's doing. Well, did you vote? No. It's kind of the same with like mountain bike advocacy. Like, I don't like the trails. Well, then show up and start digging. (laughs) So,
0: oh, I'm part of the problem, admittedly, (laughs) all day. Like I'm just hoping someone does that groundwork for me, and they show up, and then they slowly become the trail builder, and then I'll show up. Uh, but I am 100% part of the problem. Um, yeah. It's and it sucks. I you know I I admit that all the time, but it's like you know the yearly membership comes up, and I'm like, I don't even want to give you my money. Mm. But I do because they do, it is so much behind the scenes work Oh yeah, with state and local to like keep the trail, like, so I'm very fortunate, but I'm like, yeah, it's tough. It's like a really, but it is a hundred percent on me, on we, on mm-hmm. us to show up and make change. Cause you can't just yes. complain on the internet cause you have a platform like this and say <laughs> our trails suck and then not do anything about it. So I am part of the problem. Yeah. I will admit that. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go through. I got a couple questions and then I'm kind of going to set you free here. Um, yeah. What is something you wish everyone knew about you?
1: Oh, what is something? That's a good one. I think this is like really, I mean, if you follow my Instagram, Honestly, one of the things that I'm most proud of is, and this is really silly, but like being a dog mom to my, my dog, Gus, like he is just like such a joy. He's been to 30 States with me. And like, one of the things that like always makes me so proud is like, I have people come up to me and they're like, you know, I had like a bad experience with a German shepherd when I was younger and I just like love him. And I don't know, there's this, book I haven't read it but I know like the concept is like your dog is your mirror of like you know how kind of your dog navigates the world and behaves is like a reflection of like you as a person like and uh I don't know it just it brings me a lot of like pride and joy to like have this like incredible you know creature who I think brings other people a lot of joy so I guess yeah being a dog mom to Gus as silly as that is
0: It's okay there's no wrong answers here yeah. they're they're we're in this we're in the silly question part of things
1: yeah
0: um if it wasn't biking and yeah. we'll even say snowboarding yeah what would it be
1: food i yeah it's like a late late passion in life but i have come to realize that like i am such a big foodie like i Like, I would joke, because when I was, like, trail building, I'd be, like, covered in mud and dirt, and then I'd be, like, anybody want to go get, like, a bottle of bubbly and, like, oysters? Like, (laughs) I love good food. Um, And I've been trying to find, like, ways to, like, express my creativity more and that isn't, like, biking and building and filmmaking, because those are all really hard and intense and require a lot of energy. So I've been trying to, like, find more fun at, like, home just, like, cooking. Um, and like, you know, we talked eras, you know, one of the eras I think I want to have in life is I want to, like, I would love to like run a restaurant someday that is like good food and also like a community hub. I think like in Vermont, there's so many amazing restaurants that like serve as like, not only this place to go eat, but also like the local gathering whole, you know, it's like, it's where everybody goes. You can go on a Tuesday and come into your friends, you know, with no plans and like, I don't know. I think that would be like a dream. If like I wasn't doing the mountain bike thing, wasn't doing, you know, wasn't doing the outdoor sports thing. I think it would be a dream to like, like run a restaurant.
0: Well, that leads me to my last question. Yeah. If you could cook a meal for anyone dead or alive, who would, who would it be? And what would the meal?
1: Oh, You know, the first one, (laughs) this is kind of sad and also I feel like a little cliche, but like the first one that really jumps to mind is my mom. Uh, My mom passed uh, of breast cancer. Um, So like I actually never like got to come out to her um, and never like, like she hasn't gotten to see the real me (laughs) and uh, I think it would just be so meaningful to be able to have that connection and like be able to sit down and have that conversation um and then as far as the meal i think it would be something like a pasta with like s- with like sea scallops and then uh like a tiramisu dessert um uh, my mom would always give me tiramisu for my birthday instead of cake because she was italian karen Calafati. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: I don't think that's cliche. I think I yeah. think parents are important and I think the yeah. connections we have with them, you know, define who we are as humans at the end of the day. So Yeah. I don't think you should beat yourself up for that answer. I think that's a great answer.
1: Yeah. It made me tear up a little bit saying it. So
0: Well, I'm sorry.
1: No, it was good. I don't time. want to make
0: it cry on the show.
1: <laughs>
0: <It was laughs> um thank you. Thank you for telling your story. Thank you for we had a little miscommunication on timing. So thank you for making it happen. Um, where can people follow you and like kind of like pay attention to what you're doing? Um, do you answer your DMs? Like, what is it? How can people get in touch or should they get in touch?
1: Yeah, um, definitely. Instagram is where I'm most active. Um, it's literally at Alex Showerman um i probably spend too much time on there and i do try and respond to to dms so um yeah definitely hit me up there that's also where we'll be announcing the event um and also where you'll be able to follow along as kind of the film comes to life um and well i'm sure we'll be sharing fun like bts uh content as we're filming and everything so yeah at alex showerman would be would be the spot for sure
0: well, thank you. Uh, I hope, I don't know how you find the time. You have a billion things going on. So just thank you for taking an hour and a half to have a conversation here. Cause I know your time is extremely valuable.
1: Yeah. Thank you. This was super fun. I was uh, really excited when you, uh, when you reached out. So I had a blast and Thank you for being so curious and asking such thoughtful questions, and and being willing to learn. And also, thank you, listeners, for for spending this time and and digging into some some challenging topics. So, really, had a great time.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, you are you are free from recording. Uh, I hope that was good. I hope you enjoyed that.